Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. I want to continue on the message of recession-proofing your finances. Recession-proofing your finances. And you know all the prophets of gloom and doom that are, that are making all these great predictions. Really, uh, they're false prophets, but they make the predictions because they, they cause the things. They cause the things that they say are, are coming. And you know, while they are wasting money galore and you know spending six thousand dollars a night on a hotel room you know the rest of you are going to fall under recession that's you know maybe if you didn't spend six thousand dollars a night the rest of us might not fall under recession now how about some of that truth is it, is it okay if I preach today because I, I I really believe I need to preach today anybody going to help me in the room and and so once a year you know the Lord always says to me I want you to I want you to, you know, I want you to pray and I want you to focus and teach on finances. And, and this year has been tremendously difficult because of, as I shared last year, all these, all these, you know, big time names that have been rejecting the prosperity gospel and saying they've made mistakes and, and now sending confusion through the body of Christ. But listen, listen, my friends, listen, when, when we don't need to be confused, we just need to follow the word of God. Amen. We don't, we just need to follow the word of God. And, and so I, I've been, I've been into the word word of God because honestly I believe that that the Lord is is trying to get something to you and trying to get something through you and even yesterday we had a tremendous move in the 9 a.m. service because yesterday yesterday I went to um, yesterday I went to uh, pray and and because of the way my schedule was usually I go out in the morning but it was actually it was later in the day and you know the later you go on sometimes it gets a little more difficult but I love to walk I love to pray and and uh, then you know uh, Emily and some Pastor Mo were over, and they were like, "You know, we're gonna we're gonna watch a movie. We're gonna watch a movie." Now, they didn't know I was going out to pray. They just thought I was going out for a walk, and and so they they wanted to watch the movie Elvis. They wanted to watch that movie Elvis, and uh, you know they call Elvis the the king of rock and roll, you know. But but I was more interested in talking to the king of kings. Come on, somebody. And so um, and so out I went to talk to the king of kings because the king of rock and roll is dead and so um, I I wanted to speak to a living king amen I wanted to speak to a living king so I'm, I'm, I'm out and I'm, I'm on Kennedy Road and I'm going north on Kennedy Road and I'm walking, I'm praying, I'm praying about the service, I'm praying for you and, and finances and all of a sudden I know exactly where I was on Kennedy. The Lord begins to reveal to me that, that he wanted to do something today, that there would be an anointing in the house, particularly to release finances that, that had been caught up in courts and, and litigations and inheritances and, and things that either bureaucracy or the enemy had held up and, and, and this faith began to rise in my heart and the Lord was saying to me I, I'm going to release these funds I'm going to release the things that belong to the people of God 
I said, okay, Lord. I said, okay, you know, whatever you want to do, we're, we're going to do it. At the end of the service, I'm going to pray for you. I saw God just touch people. And I believe some significant things are going to happen before the end of the year. Some significant things are going to happen in people's finances because on December 31st of last year, I had said, this is the year of inheritance. And for me personally, it actually came to pass and the Lord had to remind me. He said, do you remember the word that you released that's happened in your own life? So my friends, I, I'm part of the first fruit of what happens in, in my life. And I say to the Lord, Lord, now do it in your people. Do it in your people. I, I'm about to take you to the gospel of John. I want to tell you a story. I'm just going to share quickly and then we're going to pray and the worship team is going to come back up. But let me give you the background. Jesus has risen from the dead. We're going to go to John 21. Twice now, he has appeared to the disciples. It'll be 50 days from Passover to Pentecost. That's in the Jewish calendar. But of course, we know that Jesus is the Passover lamb. And Pentecost was the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the Feast of Tabernacles, right? So we know there's 50 days there. And in between the 50 days, Jesus appears and disappears. He appears, whether the doors are locked or whatever it is they're doing, he ministers to the disciples, he talks to them, and then he leaves. And, and the disciples are left in this state of flux. They, 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 they don't know what to do. They've been with this rabbi, with this man, for three, three and a half years, and they saw him die, and then they saw him, you know, risen from the dead. Some of them aren't even sure that it's really him because they recognize him, they don't recognize him, he's telling them to wait. They're not quite sure what's going on, and, and in this 50 days there I don't know whether there was disorientation or confusion or what was happening in their minds but certainly there wasn't a clear sense of direction you ever been there you ever been there in God you ever been there in your life where you're like Lord are, are you coming are you going what, what, what are you saying where are we going what's what's happening and, and and the Lord has you in a holding pattern holding pattern just hold on. I, I remember one time we were coming from the United States and there was a storm here in Toronto and the pilot, it was a smaller plane, the, the pilot said, you know, there's a storm and they have us in a holding pattern. And we were like, you know, flying over the Toronto area for three hours. I finally, I finally said to the stewardess, I said, I just need to know how much gas, how much fuel, you know, is on this plane. How long are you going to hold us? My, you know, I had a young family. My wife didn't know where, you know, those days you couldn't call from, you know, from the plane and, you know, she's freaking out and we're, we're in a, we're in a holding pattern in, in the midst of a semi storm. And they're like, you know, we might take you to London, Ontario. We, we might land you in Toronto. We're not sure. And, 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 you know, it's one thing. To to be the pilot, it's another thing to be back there and trusting somebody else. Huh? When the pilot doesn't tell you exactly what is going on, and, and some of you, you know, some of you are so detail-oriented, some of you need to know everything, that God frustrates you, because part of faith is that God's not going to tell you everything. You're, you're not going to get every detail. And so Jesus was saying for 50 days, you're in a, you're in a holding pattern. But you see, we have a, a very strong leader, 
We have an individual that is an A-type personality. I, you know, I would ask you who that is. And, and, and by the way, I'm an A-type personality. Most leaders are A-type personalities. They want to get things done, get this fix, this thing fixed. And, and so Peter is amongst them. And he's like, you know what? Whatever, whatever conversation he had internally, he said, you know, I'm not even sure what's going on. I'm not sure what's happening. I need to be in control. You know what? I'm going to go fishing because I'm a fisherman. And this is what I know to do, and I'm good at this, and, and this is who I was before I, I met Jesus. And so I'm going to go back to the familiar. I'm, I'm going to go back to what I'm comfortable with. I'm going to go back to what I know because I'm not sure where God's taking me. I'm not sure that there's a plan. We haven't been told that there's a plan. All we're told is, wait, wait, something big is going to happen. Something big is going to happen. No, don't do anything until you receive. And you know what? Peter said, I'm going fishing. Church, I want to I help you that there are seasons of uncertainty. But in that season of uncertainty can be very dangerous because our human nature kicks in and, and we think we know more than God. And, and it's very easy to go back to the comfortable and very easy to go back to, to what we know and, and try and figure out what we know. I appreciated that sister that, that got baptized. She said, you know, I, I learned all these religions. I couldn't figure out anything. You know, some people, though, are so stubborn, they continue in that, in that path rather than say, hey, I, I need to find a different answer. I need to find the truth. I need to find the light. If you're in a holding pattern, if I'm speaking to you online, if you're in a place of uncertainty, be very, very careful. Do not make poor decisions in this season. The, listen, God hasn't called you to the comfort zone. God, God hasn't called you to the familiar. If God has called you out of something, don't don't go back into it. And I'm not even talking about sin per se. Some of you are comfortable in an old life and maybe the Lord says, well, that's not your life. And, and here this very Peter, this very Peter after breakfast is going to have a transformational change where he would never be the same again. The entire direction of his life would change once and for all. And so I want you to stand with me. Are we doing good? All right. I want you to stand with me. We're going to go to John 21. We're going to read the story. I'm going to have you out of here so you can have swish out layer, whatever it is you need to do today. Praise Jesus. John 21 one says, after these things, Jesus showed himself. Here's what I want you to know. When God shows up, everything changes. Oh, come on. When God shows up, everything changes. I need you to turn and say to somebody, when God shows up, everything changes. Come on. It says Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, Galilee, and the two sons of Zebedee and two others. We don't know who they are. Two of the other guys of the disciples were together. So there's seven. Everybody say seven. seven. I want you to see something. Seven go out. One jump ship. Six come in. But then when Jesus shows up, there's eight on the shore. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Everybody say new beginnings. <laughs> so Peter said, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. And they went out immediately, got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. Everybody say nothing. But when the morning had come, <laughs> Jesus stood on the shore. 
Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, do you have anything to eat? Have you caught anything? Do you have any breakfast? Hmm? Today you would say like this, Children, do you have any Captain Crunch? <laughs> that was my cereal of really healthy. Really healthy stuff. <laughs> and they go, no! It's almost like an irritation in their voice. You know, like, no! Would we be out here if we had something? We'd be with you. And he said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat or the other side, as one translation says. And he says, you'll find some. And so they cast. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Now, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, here's the beauty of John. John never names himself in his entire gospel. Always says the disciple that Jesus loved. Do you know why? John was so secure in the identity of Jesus that he didn't even have to give his own name. He knows something. He says to Peter, remember the Last Supper? It's always John feeding Peter the information. You know, he says to Peter, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And now when Simon Peter heard, see, not when, he, not when he saw, when he heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garments. In other words, he was stripped down because they were working it. And he put, on, he put on his outer garment and he removed that. He plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in a little boat for they were not far from land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus is already cooking. Jesus is a foodie. I'm telling you, man, he loves, Jesus loves to eat. He says, you know, I'm not waiting for you guys. I got my own fish, my own bread. Now watch what he says. He says, hey, bring some of the fish that you just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. In verse 12, and Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing it was the Lord. And Jesus then came and took bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. And this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the recording of stories and scripture and illustration for our growth and our good. Where would we be without the word of God today? Lord, we open our hearts and our mind and our spirit. Speak to us, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, before you're seated, I want you to turn to that same person and say, when God shows up, everything changes. Come on, tell them. When God shows up, everything changes. When God shows up, everything changes. Hallelujah. I want to say this, church, right off the bat. In seasons of uncertainty, don't chase money. Let money chase after you. I'm going to say that again. In seasons of uncertainty, don't chase money. Let money chase after you. In other words, if, if you're going to make money your focus, you're going to miss what God is trying to do in your life. But you said, Pastor, you just said that we're recession-proofing our finances. Correct. And the way we do that is by focusing on the Lord, focusing 
on his word, focusing on his presence, because when God shows up, everything changes, and I don't need to focus on finances, I don't need to focus on money, I just need to focus on the one that holds it all, amen? Four things I want you to see. Now, remember last week, remember last week I gave you a formula out of the scripture and you're going to see the formula work here again. It is a kingdom formula. What is the formula? The formula is this, supernatural power. In other words, the God of miracles, the God that knows everything, plus natural means, plus human ability. Supernatural power, plus natural means, plus human ability. It was human ability. It wasn't Jesus that brought in the net. It was the disciples. The fish didn't come from heaven. They were in the sea. The supernatural working power is that somehow God was able to speak to the fish that even though they were working all night and they caught nothing, somehow Jesus on the shore knew more about where the fish were than these professional fishermen. Huh? Four things that I want you to see. Number one, Pay attention, pay attention to the questions that are being asked of you. Pay attention to the questions that God asks you. Pay attention to questions that people ask of you because how many have recognized that sometimes God is speaking to us and he's speaking to us through other people. He's speaking to us through circumstances. And when God asks you a question, he is not looking for information. That's right. He's trying to get your attention from something to somewhere else. He's trying to refocus you. He's trying to let you reconsider what is happening in your life. And and, and the the beauty of this is Jesus shows up in such a humble way as a commoner on, a, on the shore asking a simple question. Do you have any food? Have, have you caught anything? M- my friends, listen, if you're going to be successful in life, don't let the little things and the simple questions pass you by. Those are the things that might have the greatest revelation and hold the key for your next season. Simple question. Do you have any food? What have you caught? How productive are you? My my friends, let me ask you this question. What questions is the Lord asking of you in this season? What, what is the Lord saying to you? You see, we're always looking for God to give us answers, but in reality, God may be saying, I'm going to answer you by giving you questions. Because questions begin to operate the, the spirit of curiosity within you. They, they cause you to seek and they cause you to search and, and maybe they cause you to refocus your mind so that what you think you're really after, God is saying you're on the wrong path. You're looking for the wrong thing. Number one, what questions? I, I like to write the questions. Literally, I will write them down. I, 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 I ask the Lord, what, is, what do you mean by this? What, what's the answer to this? And it, it begins in you know, a wrestling match with God, if you will. But I'm telling you, there is nothing more satisfying than when the answer comes. I, I go back to that precious lady who was seeking God everywhere in, in every religion and every church. And, 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 but you know, she didn't have the evidence. She didn't have the proof that God, that God was in those places. But then all of a sudden, when she met the true and living God. Nobody had to tell her because she knew in her spirit. Huh? Nobody had to tell her this is the truth. Nobody had to tell her this is the, this is the light. But how did she get there? She kept asking questions. This can't be right. This can't be true. Why don't I sense something in my heart? Number two, here's what I want you to know. You may be closer to your biggest catch than you realize. 
The disciples were so close and yet so far. Now, listen, I'm not a big fisherman, to be very honest with you. I don't know if you fish, Pastor Ike, but, uh, you know, I, I happen to know there's no walls under the sea. What do you mean cast the net on the other side? Why, the, the fish are going everywhere. What do you mean they're on that side and not this side? How, how is that even possible? How does that even, how does that even make sense? But they were so close, and yet they were so far. How, how many times in our lives we, we, might, we might be about to give up, we might be about to quit, we might be uh, about to you know, end and just say, well, this isn't happening, and God's not doing this, and that didn't come out right, and, and you're about to throw in the towel, and here's what you don't know, is that you are one little adjustment away from the biggest change of your life. So close. So close. And yet so far. But I want you to see that everything changed when Jesus showed up. Everything changed when Jesus showed up. And I, I want you to understand this, that small adjustments have huge dividends. Small adjustments. He, he, we're always looking for the silver bullet. We're always, we're always looking for what's the big thing? What's the big thing? No, no, no. Look for the little thing. Look for the small adjustment. All it was was one instruction. Hey, put your net on the other side. From here to there made all the difference. See, you, we, we, I think we lose it in God so many times because we're, we're, we're looking for the thunder and we're looking for the lightning and in the midst of it, we miss the still small voice. Help me somebody. You know, I, I always talk about, you know, I've lost 23 pounds and I was down another pound. I was down another pound this morning. I'm so excited. And... Uh, but you know, people say to me, how did you do it, Pastor? I'll tell you how I did it. By not eating one donut at a time. <laughs> it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated, honestly. I told you, you want to lose weight? Zip it, right? That, that. It's really not complex. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not complex. But, but watch this, you know, I'm going to get this diet and that shake and that drink and this and that. And, and the reality is that's not going to change anything. What's going to change it if you change your mindset and you change your lifestyle and you make adjustments. You know, for me, potato chips are kryptonite. <laughs> And let me, let me tell you psychologically the way it works. If there is a bag of potato chips in my house and it's sealed, I'm okay. Because I'm like, oh, that bag is sealed, you know. We should keep it for the holy day. And, uh, but if somebody opens the bag, yeah. it's like, oh, it's been sacrificed. Let's, let's, let's. <laughs> Okay, I have to tell you a story. This is when I was, uh, this is when I was not in a good place. But I remember that Pascal had gone shopping, and and she had, I remember the story. And she had bought chips, and um, I wanted the chips, but she was hiding them from me because she knew that you know I shouldn't have them, and she had hid them. They weren't in the regular spots. And I said, I said, woman, you give me those chips. She said, I'm not going to give you the chips, and you don't need those chips, and you know. And so I, I listen to me, listen to me. I, I stood in the middle of my house. These are true stories. God is my witness in the middle of the house, Pastor Ike, and I said, Lord, I said, I'm not prophetic for nothing. You tell me where those chips are. The Lord said to me, dining room, bought and cupboard. 
that's a, a true story. And she could, she could hear the, you know, because the bag, you know, I'm trying to know, you know. I see her, she's like, how did you get those? I said, it was the Lord. Because the Lord said to me, you want to be a fatty? Go ahead and be a fatty. Number three, are we doing okay? <laughs> number three, number three. <laughs> don't don't do that at home, by the way. <laughs> number three, manage your time and your effort. Manage your time and your effort. Somebody once says, "All my quote," so, and I believe with all my heart. Somebody once said, "One day of favor is worth a thousand days of labor." Church, I want you to see something about these boys that, that went out there to fish. The, these are the same boys that, that couldn't stay awake one hour with Jesus to pray. But they could stay up all night and fish. Hmm? You ever, you ever, you know, you call a prayer meeting. Oh, pastor, how, how long do you think the prayer meeting will be? Huh? You say, well, you know, an hour, an hour. Oh, my God, over an hour. You think it'll be over an hour, you know? And, but if a movie comes out and you say to them, hey, listen, I want you to know it's two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. Because the truth is we have enough money, we have enough time, and we have enough energy to do what we want to do. And I really believe, you know, hour one went by, hour two. Now, remember, Peter's got, come out here because he wants to fish. He's going to catch something. He, he needs an identity fix. He needs, like, listen, I'm a fisherman. I, I, I know how to fish. I know how to be successful. And now, hour one, I catch nothing. Hour two, I catch nothing. Hour three, I really think Peter's like, we are not leaving this sea until we catch something. Stubbornness kicks in. You know, some of you love to call yourselves determined, but be careful, there's a fine line between determination and stubbornness. And I'm sure they were like, we are not leaving here. I mean, the, the, the sun is now coming up. It's the, it's the morning. And of course, the, the fish eat in the morning. So I'm sure Peter's like, okay, when, when, when that dusk time comes, I, I know the fish are going to show up and they have nothing in there. You know what they are? They are hangry. A combination of angry and hungry. Because remember, they're trying to catch breakfast. Have you, have you ever been around people that get hangry? Huh? They, their emotional intelligence goes out the window because they haven't, they haven't eaten. Where's Pastor Moses? Praise the Lord. I, I keep him full. I keep him full. Because <laughs> he... Because he gets hangry, man. <laughs> but you know, there, there are seasons in our lives. Pray for Pastor Moses, because every, you know, every Monday I got to break all these complexes off his life because of everything I do to him on Sunday. But, 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 but think about it, that there are seasons when we get frustrated, we get angry, and rather than, than take inventory and ask questions, why, why isn't this working? Why am I not being productive? Why isn't this happening for me? Rather than waiting on God, we just dig in our heels and say, oh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work harder. I'm going to make it happen. And we exhaust ourselves. See, because the truth is, we love to believe in the God that is on the shore that wants to do a miracle for us. We just don't want to believe in the God that will let us go out there all night long and fish for nothing. 
Because the reality is they probably shouldn't have been out there. There was no reason. Peter, you shouldn't go fishing. That, that's not your life anymore. That's not your ministry anymore. But, but my friends, let, let me ask you the question. If God wants to maximize your efforts, Mm -hmm. If God wants to maximize your efforts, how are you managing your own time? How are you managing your own energy? Are you exhausting yourself? You know, some of you, and I've seen people like this, you know, workaholics, they, they're like, oh, I'm going to get ahead and I'm, and I'm going to work, you know, seven days a week and, and 16 hours a day and I'm going to get ahead and you don't even realize that the harder you work, the more taxes they take from you. And you exhaust yourself. And you burn yourself out. And you medicate. You medicate your own soul. You know, interesting. Interesting. I, I was talking about this last week, but just this week I read an article. Uh, not, I don't really like this show, but I can't remember the... Any, anybody know the, the show Friends? Yeah, you carnal people. Yeah. Um, the actor... Is it Matthew Perry Chandler? Listen to what he said. This is you can go look it up. That's pretty good, hey Pastor. My God. Listen to what he said. He said, I have spent nine million dollars in, in an attempt to become sober. Nine million dollars. Some people don't make that in a lifetime. He spent nine million dollars. Trying to get sober. My friend, Jesus would have done it for free. When we talk about the devourer, People that go to drugs and go to alcohol and different things to medicate their soul because they don't manage their life well, they don't manage their time well, they don't manage their energy well, and then they need something. They need something. You know, you know I, church, listen, I, I, I got to wrap my, my mind around this and I have to ask the Lord because in watching that movie, Elvis, I don't know if you've watched it or not, but in watching that movie, Elvis, they, they actually talk about as a boy, he had an experience with God in a, in, a, in a black revival church. And his mama kept saying to him, the Lord has given you this gift. Now, I'm not saying that he did well with this gift. And quite frankly, uh, when you watch the movie and I uh, found out things about his story that I didn't know that I thought to myself, my God, if God gave you a gift, you misused it and, and your life became a tragedy. Misuse of the gifts, misuse of the resource, misuse of the time and, and of the energy. And, 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 and when, see, when you are misfocused and all of a sudden he, he had to get into drugs and all the rest of it that ultimately destroyed his life. I wonder, can you imagine if that boy had, had used that gift to glorify God? Wow, I need to wrap my head around that one. Number four, number four, and Corey, you can come up, worship team, get ready. Number four, say this with me, expect the unexpected. Come on, say it like you mean it, expect the unexpected. Pastor, what are you saying? The Bible says that God gave them big fish. Not little fish, big fish. So much so that they counted 153. Sometimes I say to myself, Lord, why is that in the Bible? Why do I need to know that they caught 153 big fish? Why do we need to know that? But, but watch what it says. The net was not broken. The net was not broken. There, here they are. The six of them are struggling. Then Peter finally decides, oh, you know, let me, maybe I should give you a hand. And so he goes and, he goes and helps them out. And, and the Bible says they were surprised 
the net didn't break. You know, part of human nature is that we're always expecting things, but many times we expect the wrong things. People expect to get sick. People expect to die. People expect to be in an accident. People expect to break down. People expect that I won't be paying my bills and I'm going to lose my job. And if this recession hits and, and I expect that things are going to go awful and things are going to go wrong. But, but my friends in God, why don't we turn it around? Why don't we look for the good out of Romans 8:28? Because all things work together for good. Why don't you begin to believe God and expect God for great things? Why not get up in the morning and say, today I expect blessings. Today I expect favor. Today I expect money in the mail. Today I expect to win that court case. Today I expect to win that settlement. Today I expect to receive that inheritance. Today I expect somebody to bless me somehow because God is working in my life. I've said to you many times when you go shopping, I've said, I'm going to say, I've said this to you. You can go out looking for things, but I'm telling you, things are looking for you. Huh? When you go out and say, God, I know everything is going up. But church, I want you to know something. Just because everything's going up doesn't mean that there are no, no deals anymore. There's no favor. God can give you favor. God can bless you. God can show you where the deals are. God, God can help your dollars stretch out even more. God, God can show you the big fish. Expect the unexpected. Expect the net not to break. That I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose out. And some of you, some of you have, have been in seasons of your life where you had the, the catch, the catch is there, and, and then all of a sudden you're you're holding it in and the and the net breaks and the fish scatter. But God is saying in this season the net's not gonna break. God's saying the net's not gonna break, you're gonna bring them in, you're gonna bring them in, you're gonna bring them in, you're gonna bring them in. But but you know what I love about Jesus? The end of the story. He says to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? Every time Jesus showed up, fish would multiply, bread would multiply. This, this was an amazing money day, Pastor Ike, for these disciples. He said, ah, Jesus said, I can do this all day, boys. I can, I can bless you like this every single day of your life. This is not what it's about. He said, at the end of the day, I'm going to make you fishers of men. It's not about this. Peter, it's not about being a fisherman. We, we never read from this day forward that Peter ever went back and got on another boat. Never went back and caught another fish. Never went back to the old way of life because he knew that now he had been called to be a fisher of men and women and souls. My friends, listen. Life has got to be more than my ability to pay my internet bill. I mean, that ought to be basic level of God taking care of us. Somewhere we need to come to the place of the more than enough so that we can fulfill our assignment and our purpose and be about God's business and still be able to take care of our families and do the right thing. I'm going to close with this. Everybody say big fish. <laughs> I love sunflower seeds. They have replaced chips in my life. Yeah. Carolyn went and bought me some, and 
I'm, 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 I'm eating these sunflower seeds and there's like nothing in them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like everything is shrinking these days. I, I said, there's nothing in them. I'm working so hard, there's nothing in these things. I want big fish and big seeds. But how are you going to know? It's in the bag, right? But how many know that when God blesses you, he's not going to trick you? Here's my last point and we're going to go home. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to go home. I was at a wedding. I was at a wedding recently, a pastor's wedding. I invited us. I've known his pastor for years, traveled with him, and beautiful wedding. Party, like, you know, party in the sense of it was uplifting, it was, you know, music and whatever, and they'd asked me to speak, and they'd asked this other pastor to speak. This pastor came up, Nothing dynamic about him, no thunderbolts, no lightning. He just said, I've been asked to pray for the couple. And the couple comes up and he begins to pray. I'm standing over here because it's where my table was in, in church. He's just talking, simple things. Ultimately, he begins to prophesy over them. And, but all of a sudden, Pastor Ike, the room changed. I want you to imagine, party, wedding, you know. All of a sudden, my body tensed up. Even my wife was like, are you okay? My body tensed up because God, God came in the room. I thought to myself, what is going on here? The, there's like a service, but we're at, a, we're at a banquet hall. People are talking, and all of a sudden, everything stopped. No music, nobody talked. It was the heaviness of God. Pastor, what are you saying? Church, get together with people that know more of God than you do. See, when they heard the voice from the shore, that's what I've called my message today, the voice from the shore. They must have said, who is that guy? What, what's, what's he yelling at us for? What, who's the wise guy that's asking us? What's this guy talking about? What does, he, what does he want? Do we know him? Does he know us? What does he want? But one person, one person said, Peter, that's no common person. That's the Lord. See, my friends, get with people that know Jesus more than you do. Huh? Because then you'll get to know the Lord not only out of your own relationship, but even through the relationship of others. Because when Jesus shows up, everything changes. I want you to... I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to pray for you, and you can come to the altar, and we're going to sing this song, I'm Not Alone. But for me, in the wee hours of the morning, it's usually about 5, 6 in the morning, the Lord will speak to me. He'll put a scripture in my heart. And I heard this yesterday morning. I knew it was for today. It's out of Matthew 6, 8, really the last part. Listen, this is what the Lord dropped in my, in my heart for you today. For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask. Your Father knows. 
Hey everybody, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate your time. Will you please like and subscribe so that you will get notifications. And by the way, your comments and your feedback are very important to us. Even sermon series and messages that you would like to hear about, please let us know, drop us a line. We would love to incorporate that into our teaching and our preaching. We appreciate you and thank you.